You are listening to the Living Way Church podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. Let me uh, start off, uh, if we could, with uh, the uh, first scripture slide. I, I want us to uh, um, read 1 Peter, 3, 1 Peter 1 together here. We can do it out loud and, and, uh, um, and then... Uh, um, want to delve into this, this, this scripture. This was, uh, as you know, pastor has been on, just starting this series on, on how the gospel makes a difference in us and that we are, as a new creation in Christ, uh, are walk in different ways. And, and this book is about, about being aliens and strangers and, and, and uh, uh, apart from this world, uh, but with a, with a with a living hope, and and so I want to kind of explore some of that from a from a different perspective. I'm going to review a little bit, uh, go back to where Pastor was last week, uh, just a little bit, and uh, um, and focus on um, this living hope and uh, this genuine faith and and uh, joy unspeakable and flow of glory, and what what that means and uh, how it comes into our lives. So. Uh, let's go ahead and read the scripture together, and uh, why don't we stand, and we're just going to read it together out loud, okay? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory to the obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. God bless the reading of his word together. You may be seated. What God has laid on my heart today is, is coming from this text and, and um, uh, a text out of Psalms 145, which uh, uh, talks about how we need to um, express the hope we have in Christ uh, to those around us and particularly to the next generation. Um, as, I, as I work my way through this text in 1 Peter uh, last week as a pastor was preaching on it, I began to think 
seriously about what it meant to have a living hope, a generous and precious faith, and joy unspeakable and full of glory. I, I was prompted to look back on my Christian life of some six to seven years and examine the reality of God's will and work in my life. You know, as I was thinking about it, it was the reality of that joy unspeakable and foregoing glory that I began to question most seriously. Then I examined before God where my hope really lay. Could it truly be described as living and growing? Was my faith, when tested with the trials and challenges of my life, genuine and precious, still growing? I don't know if the rest of you have had those same kinds of questions as you look at these verses and you you read them and going, what's the reality of Christ in my life? And I I found that I I was really struggling with that and particularly with that aspect of that joy unspeakable and full of glory. And as I began to look at that, I, I realized that, that I had a misconception about what that was really about. And we'll talk about that this morning a bit. <clears throat> um, my, yeah, I was, I, as I was thinking about the hope that we have and, and the passage in, in Psalms 145 that talks about that we need, need to proclaim the mighty works of God to, to the next generation, to our children. Um, as I'm, one now in my 70s going through the change of aging processes, and I'm here, I'm, I'm following my notes pretty carefully at this point because the mind isn't quite as sharp as it is, and I, I have ARADD, um, which is age-related attention deficit disorder, so it's really easy for me to go off on trails like that. Um, and, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, I just realize more and more that it's important for those who come behind us to observe in our lives the power of Christ at work to grow and intensify this living hope that he brings to us. And, and to share the reality of an enduring faith marked by a gift of joy that anticipates his return and our full redemption when we are faced without declining health and a mind that isn't working and, and the, the whole aging process that, that points us to the reality more, more uh, seriously, it makes it come to the forefront of our minds that life is indeed short. And, uh, um, and you know, as, as I've been in, involved with the funeral of, of uh, Larry and heard what God was doing in his life, and then Pam, it, it just reinforced again how important it is that the testimony of our lives uh, that points to God's greatness needs to be shared. And, and Psalm 107 says, now let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And we'll talk about that one. So that's, that's part of where I want to go this morning. I want to look at this text and then um, look at what it means to share faith and, and share some of, the, some of the stories from my life, uh, personally in ministry, uh, where I've seen God come along and, and fulfill his promises and give strength and bring that joy uh, in, into my life. So <clears throat> let's take a look at this, this scripture. Blessed be the God and Father, Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. 
he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, I was, as I was putting this together, um, I was going to fly through this pretty quickly. And then as I went to bed last night and was laying there and just kind of trying to relax, um, all of a sudden, God began to speak to my heart and said, no, I want you to make the most of me. And as we look at this passage, I want you to just see what, what God is doing and the promises that he has in our salvation and uh, how he's made a way, all right? So let's think about this great mercy that he's had. You know, Pastor talked about what happens a minute after we die, right? And he talked about the e eternal destination that we have, heaven or, or hell, a place that is... is uh, uh, where the goodness of God is not available to those that are there. So, um, and, and we just, we know that we are all rightfully due God's judgment and condemnation in that hell and separate from that. And, and we realize there's nothing we can do about it to, to, to pay that debt and that we need a savior and only God can do something about it. And when we understand his holiness and um, begin to recognize just the depth of our own sin, uh, we realize just how desperately we need his mercy. Now, I, I, I um, go through some, some lessons from prisoners, and, uh, um, and one of the lessons that I go through is on God's mercy. And, and as, I, as I go through these lessons, um, and, and the question is asked about where uh, they need God's mercy in their lives, uh, so many of them will go back to the past where they had uh, what, probably what brought them into, into prison, the lifestyle that brought them into prison. And they said, Lord, as they put a prayer together, they say, Lord, I really need your mercy to forgive the past. Um, and that's, 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 that's a fine prayer for one time, okay? Because as we, as we repent of our sins, as we, as we confess them and seek God's forgiveness and his mercy, God promised he gives us mercy, right? But as we go through our day, I don't know how you pray, but <clears throat> I often pray this way, Lord, I need you today. I need your mercy today. I need your grace today. I just need your forgiveness. I need your spirit to work in me. And, and God in his, his marvelous goodness and love grants us that mercy as we pray for it. It is something that we can rely upon uh, as, we, as we move in faith. And it is great because when you think of the pile of our own sins, and then you think of the pile of sins of all humanity, God's mercy had to be really, really great, right? So God grants us that mercy so that we can be reconciled through the life and death of Christ Jesus. And then it says, his, by his power, he has been born, he has caused us to be born again. Do you see it up there? I tried to uh, leave that up there so you can kind of follow along or on your phone or whatever. Um, this is, I want to dwell a minute on the wonder of this new birth and the miracle that's there because it is the one thing that is the very foundation of having a living hope as the text says, right? Um, <clears throat> when God redeems us, when we turn to him by faith and, and uh, repented and 
confessed our sins to him uh, and he grants us his salvation, God begins to do something in us immediately. That is, we know that he creates within us a new spirit. Think of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, um, and I just lost it, got grief. <laughs> um, that says, thank you. <laughs> Go ahead, keep going there, Andrew. And old things, and all things become new, right? Um, thanks. Um, so, so God is doing a new creation there, right? He's causing something to happen in our lives. And then he puts his spirit within us. And it's that spirit within us that gives us of his divine nature that allows us then to uh, experience what Second Peter 1 says, uh, a God who gives us everything that we need for life and godliness. God calls us to a supernatural life. And we can't, we can't generate what he asked for us on our own power. And by his mercy and grace, he's put a spirit within us. And, and that spirit then gives us strength. And, and uh, um, this, this action that he has brings about growing desires for righteousness and fellowship with God. It gives us the ability to want to say yes to righteousness and no to sin. Okay? He puts those new desires in there. That's part of what he wants. I love the passage in Ezekiel 36 where, where God says to the, the children, and this is something that was predictive of Christ coming in the Holy Spirit. He says, God says in Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put in you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. That means he's going to soften our hearts towards him. We're going to have a soft heart towards him. And he says, and I will put my spirit within you, and listen, and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. What's he saying? He says, I'm putting my divine nature in there. My rules, my laws are reflective of my divine nature. You don't have to keep those laws because they, they're, they're only that which condemns us. But rather, we willingly walk in the, in the law of God that, to love him with all of our heart and to love our, our neighbors ourselves or to love as God loved us. Those are things that God brings and he causes to happen in our lives. Now, we've got to do something with that. But um, just... Think about the power of God at work in a life. I, I was at a, a, a volunteer um, orientation at, at, uh, um, at, at this week uh, for pr prison uh, volunteers. And, and as I sat down, there was a gentleman ahead of me and we got into a conversation. And as the conversation went along, he began to share his testimony with me. And at the age of 16, he was just a little over 16, he was tried as an adult and given a life sentence. Had he been older, he said, he would have been probably given the death penalty. So what he did was obviously pretty dramatic, pretty serious. And in his, while he was in prison, God got a hold of him. He became a redeemed person. And God changed his life. And... And now, 20 years after his sentence, God moved miraculously and gave him a parole. And that parole is for the rest of his life, all right? 
And, and God has given him a testimony where he is going to, to prisons and sharing what God is doing. And, 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 and it just um, as he was talking, going, isn't God wonderful? Isn't God amazing? God is causing this in our lives. That, that uh, this new creation just bursts forth. It, it, it's helped by the scriptures for sure in terms of how it acts out. But because of that new nature within us, it's a naturalness. This is what makes that difference. This is what makes us different and, and, uh, in, in our lives and how we think and how we act. Um, this, is, this is a gift of God and we just glorify him for that. And, and here, I mean, we all have a story some more dramatic than others. But um, Andrew, um, listening to your story, and, and Jesus, somebody you maybe know who Jesus is, who, who also uh, spent some time in prison, and, and how God got a hold of you there and changed your life, changed the way you thought, uh, gave you hunger and thirst for him and for his word, and just began to build within you this genuine faith. What a miracle. What a miracle. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has rescued from trouble, it says in Psalm 107. What a privilege to talk about him. This is God. This is God at work. This is, this is that, those promises. And so, so he provides with us, after this new birth, one of the things he does is provides us with a living hope, or at least with the, the seed of that living hope. And this is something that grows in everything that I'm doing this morning, it's not something that's automatically there. God has got the promise. God has given us the power. God has given us of himself so that this hope and faith and joy will grow as we go. And as we look at our lives, we, we, we really need to say, is this growing? Is this growing? All right? So <clears throat> um, what, is a, what is a living hope? Thank you. <laughs> uh, a living hope, see if I got my note, is a dynamic, active, growing, sustaining conviction. I, I kind of got some of this off the internet. It, one person described it this way as an eager, lively, confident expectation that, that, that energizes the believer. And you got realize that faith and hope are tied together. You, you heard that word confidence in there, that's faith. Um, and uh, um, uh, ours, ours is a living hope only because its foundation is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The fact that Jesus was raised to life 2,000 years ago gives us an unshakable conviction that our hope is not in vain. His resurrection vindicates him as the Lord of creation, even, who is even now making all things new and makes his coming again to complete our salvation a certainty. The opposite of that is a dead hope. Um, a dead hope in, uh, is hope in things that are only fleeting in this life. And this is where thinking differently comes into, uh, into effect. Now, as I thought about this and, and, and struggled with this in my life, I'm going, um, is my hope indeed vibrant? Is it growing? Um, and... Uh, am I thinking about Christ coming again and eternity with him more often, more seriously? And how, is that, how am I allowing that to impact, impact my life, the decisions that I make? And, uh, you know, I just 
we, we, we tend to see our weaknesses. That, you know, we, we, we tend to be somewhat hard on ourselves, but that's okay. It's, it's good to put that check in there, right? But it's, it's, sometimes it's, it's, it's almost better to have someone else reflect with you. You can ask somebody, are you seeing that hope in me? Are you seeing a hope that's living and a focus on, on Christ and eternity? And, it, and one of the things getting older is helpful in. I realize at the age of 72 that my life on this earth, if it lives some normal length, is getting short. My father and his side of the family uh, basically all died before their 70s and, and, and most of them in, in their 60s. My mother's side, however, is all the other direction. I don't know which side of the family my genes are, but of course God can take us at any time, right, through very various things. But it, it, one of the advantages of getting older is it helps you to think seriously about eternity and about life here being short. It's like the grass of the fields, the, uh, it says here in the, in the text a little bit later. Um, and uh, um, and it's, it just comes and, and it fades away. We, we really saw that literally on Bonaire where we were, which is a little island off the coast of Venezuela where Transworld Radio has a broadcasting facility. It's a very dry place. It's not these lush um, uh, tropical island. Gets very little rain. Um, some years it gets uh, maybe no rain at, at times. But when the rains come, all of a sudden, within days, grass pops up and it grows quickly. And then within days, it just dies in the heat of the, of the weather. And, and that's what life is like. It, it rises and then it's gone. Um, and so um, this living hope then is there so that we uh, can keep that goal in mind of, of uh, Christ's coming and, and, uh, and eternity with him. Then I just uh, encourage that God, it says that God guards our faith by his power. That's um, <clears throat> uh, verse five. And, and it's amazing that he is at work in us to, um, just a minute, I just lost me, uh, through his Holy Spirit to protect and grow our faith and complete the work of faith in us. You know, God has purposes and plans for our lives. Do you believe that? Ephesians 2, uh, 10 says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do so. And Philippians 1, 6 says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And our response is that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling because it is God who is at work in us. As, as we'll talk about in a few seconds here, minutes, maybe hours, I don't know. <laughs> uh, our response and, 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 and this, this clear thinking that we're, we're to be uh, doing in response and, and, and part of that is God is working in me. Take him seriously. Take him seriously because he's at work to... Um, develop this faith. And then, um, as I was going through, through this and uh, got to the point where, um, in verse 6, that uh, in this it says, you rejoice, for now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, with the outcome being a tested genuineness of our faith. That word, um, as necessary, came to, to uh, focus. Why is it in there? Why does it say, as necessary, God brings trials? 
Think of it this way. Do you know that our distresses, our troubles happen only as God wills it? That he is in control of what comes into our lives. He isn't always the one who directly brings it in, but he allows things to come in our lives. But I, I think of the passage in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that says, you know, in all of our trials and what we're going through, um, God is not going to allow us to be tempted or overwhelmed above what we are able, but with that trial, with that temptation, make a way of escape. God is that engaged in our lives. He cares that much for us. He's there guarding us, and he's bringing the trials as we need them to bring about that genuineness of our faith. Um, and that, that faith that is so valuable to us that when we look uh, and we have this, this genuine faith and this genuine hope that we, we can look at eternity and we can look at this life and, and say with Paul, uh, the things that I go through in this life, the agony, the, the, all the pain and stuff, is not worthy to be compared with the glory that's coming in heaven. It gives us that perspective, uh, which is a mark of our genuine faith. Um, so, um, <clears throat> it is... Um, God is, God is through all things, these things are in the trials meant to remove the dross of self-sufficiency and, and have us to find the reality and sufficiency of God and his grace so that we might truly come to know him experientially as the God who truly loves and cares for us as he conforms us to the image of Christ. Paul said of his own afflictions, he said, they were there not to make us rely on ourselves but upon God who raises the dead. Um, how, fe- how genuine is your faith? What happens when those trials come upon you? And, when, and I ask and this of myself. Where do I turn? Where's the first place that I turn? Do I turn to others for comfort? Um, you know, so often I think the first thing we do is call somebody and say, would you pray for me? We haven't even prayed ourselves, at least not with any seriousness. We say, will you pray for me? Well, um, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But... But, or do you go to somebody out there and say, here's my, here's my issue, uh, give me some wisdom. Uh, now, sometimes that's, that's fine too, but it's, it's helpful to know just where our hope is set, where our faith is set in terms of how we respond to those troubles and trials that come our way. You know, um, thinking of George and, and my conversations with him about what he's, what he's going through with his cancer right now. When I hear George, I hear a man whose faith is solid and secure in Christ. And, and he's got a solid hope and glory. Uh, he's, got that, he's got that genuine faith. He, he's come to terms with what it may be, whether he lives or whether he dies. He knows that it's God who's going to give him the grace and, and, and get him through it or take him home where he would be far better, of course. And, and it's, you know, just um, what an encouragement to hear that coming from, um, from, from the body, from a man um, that says, wow, this is, this, is, this is genuine faith. And then, uh, God is faithful to provide his joy when we learn on him to, re, to rely upon him in all spa, aspects of our life. This joy that is unspeakable and for glory 
um, is that same joy that took him to the cross in obedience to the Father. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of joy, let me see here, I may not have, um, let, me, let me catch up on something here. Excuse me, just a minute. I see that I didn't get that definition. Let me just read it up here. Hangs interestingly on the ear. Sorry. Had a trap behind my glasses. All right. When I was when I was thinking of joy, I and and saying, Lord, I'm not sure that I've got this joy that's 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 inexpressible in full glory. I mean, I was really questioning it because I had a misconception. I the misconception was the conception of the definition, the worldly definition of joy, which has to do with this feeling of happiness and, and pleasure um, when things go the way that we want, the things that we're striving for. And, uh, and, um, and I'm going, I don't, I don't feel that emotion. Not, not often, you know, once in a while. Lord, I find myself praying, Lord, I want to have the experience of that joy of your salvation. I want to have that experience. Lord, show me. Lord, show me where, where that joy is and how I obtain it. And then I came across this def definition that joy is a state of mind and an orientation of the heart. It is a settled state of contentment, confidence, assurance, and hope that God is at work in us and is in control of all the details of our lives as he works all things out for our eternal good and his glory. That that's confidence that God is at work. That as we obey him, that he's working. And as I began to think about that in my own life, all of a sudden I began to realize so many places where God just brought along that, that confidence when things were not going the way that I was hoping they'd go. That God just brought along that confidence that he was at work. That, that, that I was being used by him in a way that, that fulfilled his purposes for my life. And there was just a settledness. It's, it's, it's hard to express, isn't it? Andrew, you and I talked about that this week. You know, how do you express that contentment, that just that's, it's a work of the spirit in us that uh, begins to give us that joy. And um, so, um, how am I doing here? Okay, sorry. All right. So by God's grace and by his mercy, he provides this joy when we learn to rely upon him in faith and, and, and we put our hope fully in him. <clears throat> Bottom line in all this, I, we can put it this way. God, by his great mercy and grace, has set everything in place so that we can know him and experience his love, joy, peace in multiplied ways. He has clearly provided everything that we need for life and godliness through his spirit within us so that we can be secure and confident in him by faith with a growing living hope which brings deep and abiding joy into our lives no matter what the circumstances. And as it says in 2 Peter, God wants us to have a rich entrance into his eternal kingdom. That means that there's a confidence that's there. Well, how are we to respond to this? That can be the next uh, uh, scriptural slide if you would please. Um, no, uh, go, go back up to that second scripture, um, verse 13. 
There you are. Okay. Look at verse 13. Now, this is, this is our response, and, and, and I'm just going to highlight it real quick because pastor is going to be fleshing this out next week, so I'm not going to go very far. But just look at what it says. Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be serious or sober-minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, so to, to prepare our minds for action is to be diligent, intentional, and committed to take God and his word seriously and giving God and his word weight in our thinking and actions, to, um, um, uh, which is brought about by putting our hope firmly and completely in his saving grace. Um, we are to seek him intentionally like we would seek treasure. If you knew there was a, a million dollars worth of gold buried in somewhere in your backyard, uh, you probably wouldn't be sitting in your house going, well, maybe someday I should go do that. No, you're going to go, I've got to find that, right? And God is our greatest treasure. And so seek him like you would seek treasure, as Jesus said, um, and, uh, and think seriously about what this costs God and about what being accountable to God means as the, as the text goes on. And, and, uh, and, and really think clearly about what you're putting your hope in. Um, and uh, what, what makes up the hope are things that are in your life that you say, this is what's going to bring me happiness. This is what's going to bring me joy. And if it's something other than God, then it realizes it's an empty hope. <clears throat> well, let's talk about sharing this hope. Let me kind of move on here. And uh, now you can bring on that, uh, that, that slide of, uh, of Psalms uh, 145. Let me find it here. So it's kind of the last, towards the last slide that's there. It's down farther. There you go. Thank you. Psalms 145 says this. I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell of its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. Um, there it is, right? You see, you see the, the response of faith, and gen, uh, genuine faith and joy and hope being communicated in that passage. And then out of Psalm 107, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. So I'm going to propose to you or say to you that as we share our hope and faith and joy in Christ with others, it grows even more in our lives as well as encourages the growth of it in others' lives. And um, we, all, we all have a story, those of us that are believers, of, of um, how God is at work, has been at work in our lives that we can, we can share with others. And let me just share a little bit of, 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 uh, my sto- uh, of some from our story with you. And, uh, uh, and, and the intent is to really encourage you to share your story, especially with the younger generation. They need to see as we get older, and I'm looking to those that are older than me, is faith in God um, valuable? Is it, is it really there? 
Um, can, how is it being, in, how is life being endured um, in God's grace, in faith, by those that are older with me, that are struggling with um, health issues or with just life issues? Um, and, it's, and I look to them and I say, wow, yes. God's doing that work in me, but he also encourages me with where they are as they are in that downhill slide, right, uh, of, of life and health um, to say, yeah, God is there. He does not forsake us. Um, he, he lifts us up as we, as we get older. The Bible says he lifts us up, he carries us. He's the same uh, now as he was when we were younger except now he's carrying us and holding us by the hand. And so, um, anyway, um, I kind of got a little bit longer winded on the text, but that's okay. My, just, God, thank you for um, your spirit's work here. <clears throat> uh, as I, as I uh, kind of go over our story, or just parts of it, and, and um, kind of briefly here, but um, the one thing I want to say is, when I'm done, I do not want you to think more highly of me. I want you to think more highly of God. Uh, I am just like you. Um, a, a, a man who has been saved by grace, who struggles daily with, with, with sin, and I need God's mercy and forgiveness every day. I don't have it all together. I am, too, still growing in that hope. I am still growing in that faith. I am still growing in that joy. And, and, uh, and a hunger to know him. Um, let me um, just, just say briefly that um, God began to move in my heart at a very early age, somewhere around the age of four or five. I'm not quite sure exactly where. In a, in a family devotions, because I had Christian parents, um, there was a point where I said to my mother, I want Jesus to come into my heart. I want him to, uh, um, <clears throat> does that mean I'm done? <laughs> I, want, I want him uh, to, to um, be in my life. And, and I was young. I didn't know much at that point. But the, the encouragement I want to give you is listen to your children, particularly young children, grandchildren, and watch for God's um, working in their lives, even at a young age. And by the age of 13, when I knew more, uh, again, God began to work through people through his word to bring me that point of knowledge where I, I with knowledge then said, Lord, I, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to be my savior and, and got baptized. And then, and then God is at work at, and through my teenage years and brought along people that, that uh, were, were there to encourage me, to guide my path, to instruct me. But my whole mindset when I was a teenager was, uh, I want to be a force ranger. I want, to be a, I want to be a game warden. I don't want to be around people, okay? But God had other plans. And at the age of 18, God called me into, into, into full-time ministry uh, while I was at a, at a Bible school and, and a revival service. And, and I began to act immediately on that. I started teaching Bible schools and then pastoring, preaching, not pastoring, preaching at some small churches. And, and just wondering, now as I look back upon it, at the age of 19, 18, 19, that people would actually listen 
and and uh, and 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 what what those little churches, what those little congregations did was encourage me on that path that God was going to be taking me through. And and with patience and, and endurance, I don't know how many of I put to sleep at any point in time. But anyway, um, God was just um, bringing about things in my life that was showing me that I needed to walk in His strength and in His gifting, and that He was taking that weakness. And, and, and giving me the gifts to be one who um, would, would be willing and wanting to work with people. You see, and, and, and then God began to do a whole kinds, a lot of things through the um, uh, schooling, through Air Force, um, and uh, where, where I was um, work, working in a highly technical field that God blessed richly and, and uh, eventually led us to Trans World Radio um, and, and uh, a min- worldwide, their worldwide ministry uh, at the age of 37, 38 with two teenage, pre-teenage kids. And, and uh, so um, in all of those things, there were always points of decision. There was always points where it was uncomfortable, uh, where we couldn't control things, where we just had to go to God and say, uh, God, um, we want your will to be done. Uh, we want to go in a way that you want us to go. And God was faithful in answering. And some of those answers were dramatic. Um, I don't have the time to tell you about those dramatic, um, those calls that came in and, and how God worked in that. But as we prayed, God directed. And so my encouragement to the young people that are here, as you are growing in, 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 in your life and you're not sure where God's taking you, you're not sure what your purposes are, that God is faithful as you turn to him and, and, uh, and to work within you. He's going to be probably underground. Just take one step at a time and, 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 and think of who he is and the fact that he's working in your life. Um, Pastor, Pastor tends to go a bit longer here, so I'm going to take just a little bit of, okay. Um, but <clears throat> I don't know about you, but... Um, there's those times in your life when there are, there's a call that comes in or some kind of communication that makes a change. Um, and as I, think, as I think about those calls that have come into my life, uh, as God has, has, has um, been working, one of the ones that comes to mind most quickly is a call that I received on an afternoon on August 21st, 1987 from Carol, who had been at work. Where my, and my dad was there where she was working and he just all of a sudden just dropped over dead. And uh, so here comes this call that my dad had died. It was at that moment that the joy of Christ became really obvious in me. I can't explain what just happened, but there was just a sense that God was was answering prayers of the past where uh, I, just, I just knew a couple years earlier when, uh, that uh, um, I had been with, with the family for Christmas and we were driving back uh, to uh, uh, some distance away. And, and as I was driving back, I was just moved to pray for my dad. I said, Lord, would you, would you allow him to live long enough to finish this house he was working on for he and mom uh, before you take him home? And as I prayed about that, all of a sudden God's peace just overwhelmed me. And, and, and God answered that prayer. And so now two and a half years later, um, or so, 
um, here I was receiving this call and there was just that understanding that God was there and at work. And what came out of that was that uh, we were there living with them for about six months at that point, having been away from family for years. Our grandchildren, our children got to know grandparents during this time. Um, and and uh, um, a week before dad died, us, the family, got together for the first time in years, a week before he died, and there was just good fellowship there that, that week. But the last project that Dad was working on was a deck before he died, and he did get it finished. But as he was working on it, I was thinking, Dad, slow down. I couldn't ever talk to him about that. I was just thinking, Dad, slow down. So when that call came, the joy of the Lord was there because I knew and had seen God's hand at work and answering prayers in a way that was inexpressible. Um, there's many other of those kinds of incidents in my life, and I, and I suspect if you think about it, you'll find them in your life. Um, and, and my encouragement to you is to share the hope that you have in Christ with those around you um, and pray for it. Pray for God to just overwhelm you with his love, his joy, his peace in such a way that your life testifies of his greatness and the miracle of that new birth within you. Right? Let's pray. Father, um, you are great and you are gracious. You are marvelous beyond words. Uh, your loving kindness, your goodness, your mercy, and your grace, uh, and, your, and your great love is to be proclaimed um, to those around us, and what a privilege to do that. Lord, would you help us to discern your Spirit's work within us? Help us, Lord, to uh, see where you're at work and to rely upon you in faith, and that this allow you to work in our lives, that grow this faith and this hope. Uh, uh, in you and in greater and greater ways. Lord, thank you that you are the one who is faithful and at work patiently in our lives. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Living Way Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.livingwaychurch.cc.